0: We are first and foremost called to rest in Christ to sit at the, at the feet of Jesus Christ. Then only can we learn to walk and to stand and to fight the good fight. As a symbol of rest, can we all sit down and sit at our seats? With that, let us pray together. He raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, meaning called upon, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us Up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I'll say it again. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of the grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Heavenly Father, just like the title of today's message, when we first learn to sit and to find rest in you in you in you and in you alone in you may we find our rest in you may we sit and listen at the feet of Jesus Christ as Mary did may you not be distracted like the older siblings like the older son of the prodigal son the older sibling the sister Martha We may not get distracted by the busyness, trying to attain with our own work, by our own merits, which is impossible to do so. I cannot save myself. No amount of good works, no amount of donations to homeless, to those in need will not save me. But only it is by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we sit at the feet of Your feet Jesus please show us the revelation of the truth of what it means to be your disciple it is not about running or walking the race well first it is at first and foremost the foundation is that God that you are our chair you are our foundation it is in you where we find rest And out of the fullness and the foundation and the flow of the relationship that is in Christ, we walk, we run, we crawl, and we stand for the gospel. Teach us your truth. Teach us the revelation of your truth this very morning today. Help us, Lord, that our hearts will not become jaded, but to truly Listen, not just hear, but listen. For when we listen, we absorb. And whatever we absorb, let it trickle down to our hearts. And may our hardened hearts, our jaded hearts, soften it, Lord. May we be passionate for the things of Christ. May we know your heart this very morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of the hearts, let it be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, and we pray, and God's people pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Okay, welcome, everyone. Let's take a moment to greet one another at this very morning beautiful morning may is coming to an end and we'll be entering a new month in june i pray that we will continue to seek the lord especially with the summer may we know christ more passionately with zeal and with earnestness more than ever before than we have ever done in the past, amen? That as we get older, that our hearts will become more childlike, uh, not childish, and that you'll become mature in the things for our Lord, our King, Jesus Christ. So with that, let's start with the title. Today's title is called Sit. Sit, sit, and sit. Let's start with our first and main passage, Ephesians 1, to 23. For those who are not here, I want to encourage you to listen to last week's message first because we'll be doing a series of sit, walk, and stand. And last week was the first and the beginning and the foundation of the message. And we'll be continuing on and we're going more in depth on the topic of sitting. So with that, let's read Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. It says, He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, called upon, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet, And appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Everything is under his domain. Everything, all creation, the church. We sit at the feet of Jesus Christ, and we sit with him, and we see that Christ is seated in the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion that every creature that every name that is involved that includes you and me not only in this present age but in the future the one to come the god placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything so with this scripture What is the gospel? What is the book of Ephesians teaching us? In the book, Ni, he says this in quote. He says, God, the gospel is this. God has done everything in Christ. And that we simply step by faith into the enjoyment of that fact. I'll say it again. God has done everything in Christ. And that we simply step by faith into the enjoyment of that fact. For example, like the shows that we love to watch, like Running Man. The head and the staff, they prepare everything already for the members. All the members that they need to do is show up and perform but we don't think about all the hard work that goes in the background, all the preparations, all the planning, all the meetings. Meaning God has done everything for us already in Christ. It is done. We simply, all we need to do is step by faith into the enjoyment, to enjoy the truth of what God has given us, which is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Meaning, it is not that we that work for God per se, because we talk about that, we focus on Ephesians 2.10, where we says we are God's workmanship. We're called to work, to do, to be a doer of his word, not just a beer, but to do the work that God has called us to do. So we think that we work for God, but here is the truth, and here's the reality of the truth, that God Christ, He first works for us. That is very important. It is not that we work for God per se, but it is Christ. He already works for us. And because He worked for us, we're able, out of the overflow of that, from the sitting from where we are, from what we have received, we're able to give to God. And then we work from the overflow from what we have already received in Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus, he says, come, sit, sit at my feet, sit at my feet and listen and rest. Find strength in me, not in yourself, in me. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42 says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. What is she doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And it will not be taken away from her. So many times we try to work for God. We try to merit his love. And we work, 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 work. And then we find ourselves exhausted. And we run out of strength and fuel. And then we burn out and we quit. And many leave the faith. And they no longer walk in the Christian faith. But if you leave the faith, you never belonged in the first place. You never had it in the first place. Because if you had it in the first place, there's no way that we can burn out. There's no way that we can run away from our faith and walk away in the path and go on the path of apostasy, of blasphemy. Walking away from the Lord. When we find ourselves seated in the morning, when we find ourselves seated in the evening when we find ourselves seated during the day, when we find ourselves seated and rested in Christ, then we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the truth. And nothing can change that truth. All Mary, all Martha, they both had to do, first and foremost, was to sit. That's why Psalm 23 we did a series on this where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me what? Lie down, sitting. Same thing in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. What does he do? He makes us lie down. He allows you to lie down. Sit. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Then we start walking. Verse 4, when we walk, attacks will come. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And whenever we say, Rod, you can do this, "Rod." Rod. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What do we do first? What does Christ do for us first? He makes you lie down, sit. For when you lie down, you'll find rest. He refreshes your soul. He guides you. Even though we walk through temptation, trials, and testings, He is with us. Amen and amen. With that truth, let's start with point number one. Life in Christ begins with the sit. Life in Christ begins with the sit. In the book, in quote, it says this, most Christians make the mistake of trying to walk in order to be able to sit. I'll say that again. Most Christians make the mistake of trying to walk in order to be able to sit. But that is a reversal of the true order. Our natural reason says, if we do not walk, how can we ever reach the goal? What can we attain without effort? How can we ever get anywhere if we do not move? But when God says move, then we move. We don't move, and then we've tried to sit. We first sit and listen, and he allows us to move and to walk with him. In my office, I have a quote, a little piece of paper that I taped on the wall. It says, when man works, man works. And when man prays, God works. Whenever we do missions, retreats, For any events, we need to pray. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and listen and hear His voice. Everything we do and are able to do is due to Christ's finishing work of the cross. It starts with the cross. It starts with Jesus Christ. It doesn't go beyond that. Nothing more, nothing less than that. The foundation is the cross, meaning we are able to forgive because of Christ. We are able to love because of Christ. We are able to endure because of Christ. We are able to live because of Christ. We cannot do anything else without Christ, meaning. So point letter A, the big done not the big do the big done not the big do it is done everything we do everything we are capable of doing is done in Christ we cannot do it to attain it it is already finished it's already here it is finished it is done Let it be the costly grace, not cheap grace. When I say costly, it is priceless. No money can buy. You cannot buy this grace. It is free, but it is the most important, the most beautiful gift that Christ has given us, the costly grace. Grace is given and received. It's never earned, or purchased, or bought. It was bought at the cross. Jesus Christ, he did it. We don't owe anything. Your tuition is paid for. Your debt is done. There is no amount of money, no amount of work that we can do to attain it. It is finished. The balance is not just zero, but it's infinite. You have unlimited amount of grace and love. You're rich beyond anything. You have unlimited grace that is found in Jesus Christ. Just like in games, you have unlimited ammo, unlimited money, unlimited anything. We have unlimited everything in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 5 says, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace. Through Christ you have been made alive. It says in Ephesians 2, 6 to 7, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him. Christ. Through Christ, we are risen. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And it goes on, Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. And lastly, so point C. The sweet dependence, not proud independence. You find the sweet and the beautiful strength and dependence that comes from leaning on Christ. Not proud independence, where you hold yourself in your own strength. In quote, the book says, it's the last quote from the book that I'm going to share. It says, we are invited at the very outset to sit down and enjoy what God has done for us. Not to set out to try and attain it for ourselves. We are saved by reposing in the Lord Jesus. We did nothing, whatever, to save ourselves. We simply laid upon him the burden of our sin Sick souls, we began our Christian life by depending not upon our own doing, but upon what he has done. For sitting is an attitude of rest. Just like the chair that you're sitting right now. You guys like the chair? It's comfortable? Yeah? It's a nice color, right? I was, hope, I was scared that the, the cushion was going to rip in about a year, because I wasn't sure about the quality, but it looks good. Yeah, the chair's been supporting us really well, and I believe that we have an amazing chair for our church. I wish the camera people can see uh, what kind of chairs we have, but it matches, it's perfect. But the chair, the analogy is that, you know, when we stand, just like when we went on the fellowship, and when we're walking, we depend on, the spine, the feet, the legs to hold up the weight. And eventually, we grow tired, we burn out. And when standing or walking for a long time, our bodies grow weary and it exhausts. But when we sit on the chair, on any chair, we are able to depend on that chair to relax our load, our weight, our burdens. Let's go deeper, our past, our guilt, our shame, our future, our everything. Just like we depend on the chair to rest, to hold our weight, we depend on the Lord to hold our everything. And to be honest, I don't know how non-Christians, when I see people walking in the city or in the street or anywhere from different cities or anywhere, a remote area, and even you could look outside, watch the cars drive by, people are busy, especially in the morning going to work or on the way back from work. And I look at them and I ask this question often. I don't know how non-Christians can endure. How? For self? Exactly who and what are you living for? What are they living for? But I know what I live for. Just like Paul declared in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I know who I'm living for. For me, I live Christ. No longer I, but Christ lives in me me. So Jesus says in Matthew 11, in the famous passage that we're all familiar with, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. And amen, for he is my foundation. Again, point number one life in Christ begins with the sit. The big done, not the big do. The costly grace, not cheap grace. The sweet dependence, not proud independence. Point number two life in Christ continues with the sit, continues with the sit. This is not just a beginning thing that we do only in the beginning and then we are done and we are called to walk for the rest of our lives. Imagine you could only sit just one time in your life. We can't survive. It's not possible. You must remind yourself of the gospel. Again, going back to the gospel, the gospel is that God has completed the full work of redemption, of salvation through Jesus Christ. So if the foundation is Jesus Christ, then what do we do? We sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. We sit in Christ, always, no matter what. We no longer need to merit. We, need, we no longer need to merit it. It is by grace alone. So point letter A, rejoice you are seated with Christ so point b celebrate Christ works for us meaning all the hard work is finished as Jesus declared in John 19 verse 30 when he had received the drink Jesus said it is finished it is done Yes, it is true. We work for Christ, like I said earlier. Yes, we do work for Christ. But we cannot fully work for Christ unless, unless, that key word is unless, 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 we accept the fact that Christ worked for us first. God, he already worked for us. He already has done it for us. Again, Ephesians 2, 8-10, let's put it all together because people love to separate these verses. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And people ended there, but let's go ahead. And this will lead us to next week's message. For we are God's handiwork, workmanship, to work, to walk, to run the race, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you see the order? Christ starts it, he enables it, he continues it, and he is the one that finishes it. It is first and foremost by grace, by faith alone. We love him because he first loved us. Just like it says, 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love Because he first loved us. Luke 14 here. I'm not going to be reading every verse here. But let's go to verse 15 to 18. It says, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. It is a parable of the feast. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet. When there are banquets, there is... Pretty much unlimited food and invited many guests and we are the guests at the time of the banquet he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited come for everything is what now ready it doesn't say come you need to help with the preparations come it's already done it's already ready all you need to do is come and enjoy and eat, and sit, and rest. All you need to do is come and dine at the table. Come. Everything is now ready. But what happens here? Verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. Oh, how we love making excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And I'm gonna continue on at the point C. But before I talk about point C, I just wanna say this. Excuses, it doesn't have to be rude. It could be polite. And a lot of people, they play the nice person. We have nice, polite excuses. Oh, I have to, oh, I have to, it seems honorable but at the end of the day, they are just excuses. And when we make these excuses, and we think they are good excuses, and we think that we are safe and we are off the hook, but the scripture makes it very clear. You must not make excuses. You need to come and show up. It is ready. It is finished. It's finished already. All you need to do is receive. As Mary received what we talked about earlier in Luke 10. Martha was busy, working, moving, preparing. All Mary was doing, just like the parable in Luke 14. She just came and she sat down. That's all we need to do. Come and sit. So letter A, rejoice, you are seated with Christ. Be celebrate Christ's works for us. And lastly, let us see. Come. His banquet is ready. And how does this parable end? It ends with this, verse 23 to 24. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Meaning, the first people who were invited, the initial people who were invited, they were invited no more. And now it's open to everyone. That's why we must preach the gospel. Allow everyone to know that the banquet is ready. That anyone can come in. Anyone can come in, regardless of your past. Anyone can come in and die in this banquet. Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Why? Because they chose to reject. They made good and nice and polite excuses. Don't make excuses. Once you make excuses, it never ends. It becomes who you are. You become a victim. You have a victim mentality. We need to come, own up, and show up, and enjoy the food, and sit at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, life in Christ continues with the sit. And lastly, uh, point number three, life in Christ ends with The sit. You would think that again I would say only sit in the beginning and for the rest stand and walk. But you need to sit constantly, continually, always. Life in Christ ends with the sit. If you look at the beginning, God created the world in six days. The seventh day he rested. When God was creating the world, God didn't create Adam on the first day and say, all right, Adam, you help me with the animals. You start doing this and you start doing that. Help start planting the trees here. Get planted and Adam is working and Eve, go pick some fruits and bring it here. God created everything first for us. He already built the house for us. He set the foundation for us already. Adam and Eve had nothing to do with the first six days of creation when God was working. Therefore, so point letter A, honor the Sabbath in Christ. Honor. To many people, especially in this generation, in this time, especially after the pandemic, we have gone in the habit of, going to work on Sundays and on Sundays actually in some places you get paid more Uh, you get paid more in the hour and because we want to make more and because of the economy and the situation of the world uh, they are fearful so they say I rather open up my shop or my store in the past I used to shut down and trust that God will fulfill everything all of my lack But we decide to go ahead and we dishonor the Sabbath. But resting means you need, you need, and this is a guarantee. Don't ever allow this to be compromised ever in your life. Do not dishonor the Sabbath in Christ. On Sunday, when that day comes, every week for the rest of your life until you die, even if you go on a trip and it falls, happens to fall on that day, you find the church, you honor the Lord in Christ, honor the Sabbath in Christ. When I was young, early in my 20s, my friends and I we used to go to Virginia because a friend of mine, his parents, family moved there, and also he was, there, he was in school in Illinois, but in the summer, he would be in Virginia, and we'd take a trip, it'd be like our yearly thing. And one time, it just happened to fall on a Sunday. I didn't want to, but it just happened. I think that happened one time in my life. I said, look, I agreed to go on this trip. I will go only if we go and we go to the parents' church on Sunday. We have to go to church on Sunday. And they're like, okay. And at first, it was just gonna be me going. And then all my friends went, and we into a super Korean service. And they didn't understand because they don't really speak Korean well. We all went. But for me, whether they went or not, for me, it's about honoring the Sabbath. And there's meaning behind that. You know, there's the seven year of famine and the seven year of blessing in the story of Joseph. Just like when we go grocery shopping, we could spend a lot of money, buy a lot of food, right? Fill two cards, right, Brother Rico? You could fill two cards, but... Once you bring it home, two days, you're done. It's finished. It's like, what? how is that possible? So seven years of blessing and seven years of famine was a very scary thing. You could collect and save for seven years. You're still eating in those seven years. Now, you're not not eating. You're, You're still eating. And then for the remaining seven years, how quickly will you run out of food? But it's all about trusting. The land of Israel is an almost impossible place to grow crops, and I believe that God made it like that for a purpose, for a reason, to show the Israelites, to show his people, listen, even though there may be drought, even though there may be famine, even though the soil is bad, and you're not able to grow a lot of crops, you need to trust me that I will fulfill all of your needs, all of your lack, I will fulfill, and I will fill all of your needs. People are complaining about the gas. The gas prices are high. But thank God, our attitude should be, thank God that I am able to pay for gas. For whatever I lack, he fulfills. And there are no leftovers in Christ. Honor the Sabbath in Christ. Let it be, trust in Christ, for he delivers. In Christ, Christ will never run out. We know the story of the feeding of the 4,000, 5,000. There's leftovers. We talked about the seven years of blessing, the seven years of famine. God, he gives more than enough. We know the story of Elijah with the jar of flour, with the jug of oil. During that time, the land was filled with famine. And God allow Elijah and the family, the mom and the son, to have unlimited flour and unlimited jug of oil. Meaning Christ says, and he is saying this to us as we're sitting in our seats, as you're sitting in Christ, trust me, trust me. Do not worry. I will fulfill all of your needs, all of your worries. Matthew 6, verse 26 says, the title says, do not worry. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? His eyes are not just on the sparrows. But his eyes are on us. And are we not more, much more valuable than they? So again, A, honor the Sabbath in Christ. B, trust in Christ, for he delivers. And lastly, and I'm closing with this, C is sit, surrender, and receive. In Christ. I'll say it again. Sit, surrender, and receive in Christ. Meaning, all you need to do is show up. Just like the parable of the banquet. May we replace today and from now on. From today on and for the rest of our lives, right now, you need to change instantly. Change your attitude. Change your mindset. What do we need to change? What do we need to replace? May we replace our quote-unquote doing to the done, meaning to surrendering to Christ. May we right now, whatever events we have in the future, whether we go back to missions or whatever we're doing, may we replace our quote-unquote giving to receiving first in Christ. May we replace our worries and our anxieties to finding rest and peace in Christ. That is the order the latter. Receiving, surrendering, finding rest and peace in Christ. Then we do the former. We do, we give, and we walk, and we stand. Let us learn the lesson of the oldest siblings who here are all the siblings here. You are you're middle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, Neil doesn't count; he's adopted. Chanu, <laughs> you're you're the youngest, Chanu. <laughs> you have told you're the youngest. Cousin <laughs> <laughs> is the oldest. Jonathan, Andy is also the oldest. Also the oldest cousin too. Whoa, he's special, chosen one. but may we learn the lesson of the oldest siblings in the scripture. And they pretty much do everything wrong. And may we be like the youngest where they are received not by their merits or by any of their own doing but just simply being and just showing up and receiving the grace of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest blessings that I learned, and I'm still learning here today, is grace of God, of Jesus Christ. The fact that there is unlimited grace in store for me, that there's nothing that I can do to attain, but to achieve what I have, achieve his love, just blows my mind. Something that I will never fully understand. But may we tap into his grace today. May you be like the young prodigal child. Allowing the father to do everything for him. He was literally hopeless, beyond hopeless. He betrayed his father. He betrayed his brother. He betrayed his family. He squandered all of his wealth on prostitutes and things of this world. And he found himself lost, eating alongside pigs, the food that the pigs were eating. He only hoped that maybe I can go back as a slave in my father's household. With the little strength that he had, he made his way back to his hometown. And we see that the father, which is the heart of the father, the father's heart, he watches from afar and he watches us and he sees us and he runs after to the son, the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. He runs after that child, lost and broken. And he says, only if I can be a slave in his household. Even slaves are treated better than I was treated out in the world. But the father, the father's heart is that he he doesn't allow the son to lift and pick up any other finger, anything. He orders for the fat and calf to be slaughtered, makes a banquet, a party to celebrate his lost son's return. And the youngest son allows the father to do everything for him. And we think, allows, who is he? Who who does he think he is? Who is he to allow anything? But that allowing is humility. It's understanding that I am hopeless and I am lost and I cannot save myself. He allows the Father to do everything for him. Our Lord is so rich in mercy. He's so rich in love. He's so rich in grace. We think these people are rich, paying $55 billion for a company. Our God, He is unlimited. His love is extravagant. His love is extraordinary. None can compare to who He is. Those who allow Christ to do the work for us are the ones who are truly blessed. Those who come show up broken and ready to receive first are those who are blessed. Luke 14, just like the parable, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet inviting many guests. At the time of the banquet he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses the first said I have just bought a field and I must go and see it please excuse me then the master told his servant go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full I tell you not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet God wants to provide and give us everything. And his heart breaks when people refuse him, when they refuse all the blessing that God has in store for them, for us. God's heart breaks when you trust in your feelings and your anxieties, and you allow them to come first. God can never forgive me. Who are we? How dare you? To say those words, utter those words, or even think those thoughts. You know, we think we are so brave, we are so strong, and we (laughs) be grateful that you are alive here today. Because when you face God on judgment, when you die, there are no excuses. There is no second chance. This is for eternity. And in eternity, there is no second chance. What you do here will echo for all of eternity. Some of us who are here, sitting here in this room, we are like these people on the streets, who are invited, but yet we make excuses. We allow our feelings to become greater than the truth of God. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He begins and continues. And it ends with the great sit. As you're sitting down right now, may you reflect upon the truth of the gospel. You're right now sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. May we not be like the oldest siblings. It says the older brother became angry and refused to go in. It says it right here in Luke 15. The older brother became angry, refused to go in. So his father went out. The father does the same thing for the oldest son. He doesn't say, ah, forget that guy. I like my youngest son better. The father also goes out and he says, I pleaded with him, pleaded. But he answered his father, just like you, when we are stubborn, when I plead with you guys, wake up. We're too stubborn now. He answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. That's what he says. Slaving, not s- serving you with joy. Slaving, it's unfair. And never disobeyed your orders. The pride in those words. Never disobeyed. How can he never disobey? He's a human being. Do you hear the frustration in his voice? Just like Martha, the frustration in her voice. Tell her, tell Mary to help me. I'm doing everything. The pride, I'm doing everything. I did it. Filled with such disdain and bitterness in that tone and complaint and hatred and anger. Do you not know that anger leads to murder and destruction? Not love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. But when the son of yours, no, let's continue. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Sounds like a spoiled child. Childish answers. Like us. May we not allow ourselves to turn and go in this direction and become like this. But when the son of yours, meaning the youngest son, my brother, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home. You kill the and calf for him. This is how the father answers. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But, 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 we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found just like Martha Luke 10 Lord don't you care that Mary has left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me as Jesus says this to Martha Jesus is saying this to you and me ready Martha, Martha You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Amen and amen. Remember, God first worked for us, and in turn we work. Come home and find rest. Don't be like the oldest sibling, frustrated and angry. But may you find the seat of Jesus Christ and be rested in the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Set Christian maturity. That's where it begins. This has been a blessing for me as well. You know, when you're doing ministry and you've done ministry for a long time, there's a reason why so many people burn out and walk away from the profession. And you just need to get back to the basics. And I need to remind myself myself of the basics. To do what I used to do sit, find rest in Him, and then I can passionately continue to do the work that God has called you and me to do. So may there be rejoicing here today as we continue on. Again, one, life in Christ begins with the sit, the big don, not the big do, The costly grace, not cheap grace. The sweet dependence, not proud independence. Point two, life in Christ continues with the set. Rejoice, you are seated with Christ. Celebrate, Christ works for us. See, come, his banquet is ready. And lastly, point three, life in Christ ends with the set. Honor the Sabbath in Christ. Trust in Christ, for he delivers. Sit, surrender, and receive in Christ. Amen and amen. And with that, if you can all close your eyes with me, and I'll close this up in a word of prayer. Let's pray together. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and are the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, just like the birds that we hear outside, so free. And as you provide food for these animals, you provide everything and more for us through Jesus Christ. Lord, help us right now. Do not live frustrated, full of anger, and bitterness, and rage, and comparing to others. But may we live free as you sit at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ to receive the blessing that you have in store for us. Strengthen our hearts. Strengthen our faith that we may be faithful in this journey called life. May we be faithful here today in this journey called life. We are in need of your touch. Strengthen us today. For we are seated with Christ. We just want to honor you. We want to give you all the glory and all the honor. Strengthen us here today. Pray all these things. And your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the honor to be able to partake in this worship of offering to you, God. May your name be blessed. May the name of the Lord be praised through our monetary giving. But most importantly, God, we give our hearts to you. We give you our life. We give you our time. We give you our every breath. May you use what we have collected here today and what we have given for your kingdom and for your purposes. And may you work within us a joy to give with the joy that springs from a relationship that is found in Jesus Christ. We give with joyful hearts today, not with a reluctant heart or a forced heart, but we give because we desire to give what is already yours. May the name of the Lord be praised, and may we continue to sit in Jesus Christ. Pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Can we all stand to our feet? Because you rested enough. And let's worship and be ready to walk this journey well in Christ. Let's sing together. Together. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you, and may the Lord turn His face towards you and give you rest and peace as you sit with Christ. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd, just like what we read in Psalm 23 of the sheep. equip you now, this new week, with everything good in doing his work and his will. And may he work within us what is pleasing to him, to sit in him, to walk with him, and to stand for him. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, And as God's people we pray, amen Amen. and amen. amen.